So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hey everybody, I want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. Yeah, it is. Alright, so, hope you guys are having a good day. Do me a favor, share this out if you don't mind. Because, <clears throat> you know what, I guarantee you, I guarantee you are not going to hear about this story in your mainstream media. In fact, I was actually shocked where I did hear about this. And uh, what am I talking about? What I'm talking about is this new lesbian church of modern witchcraft. They actually use a different name, and uh, I'm not going to say the name, but I will spell it later, just so you know. All right, so I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you for coming in, everybody. And uh, thank you guys for sharing this out already. I really appreciate it. As you know, yesterday we talked about Alex Jones and how the big media companies have censored him. And I guarantee you, it's not going to stop. It's going to keep going, people. Yeah, it is. It will. So today what we're going to do is we're going to give you some updates on some of the stuff that's happening within the homosexual lobby, some things in law that you might want to know about, and this new lesbian church where you actually have to live as a lesbian or actually go in it, right? But it's interesting because there are things that I read, I'm like going, how do they come up with this stuff? But then I think, you know, the father of lies, the deceiver of the brethren, all he does is try to copy what the Lord does, right? You know what I'm saying? And he's really pretty bad at it. I mean, he can't even come up with his own original idea, just saying. So we're going to talk about that. And then I'm going to remind you a little bit about what Nehemiah is about. Remember we talked about that yesterday? Yeah, we did. All right. I'm going to go over to Facebook and say hi to some people if you're over there. I have to go over there right now, though, first. Okie okay, girl, hello. Melanie, Mia, Diane. Others, Bareface, my handsome, hunky producer, manly man with a beard. That's me. Thank you for hosting, for doing that. All no right. problem. Lisa Gray, they don't tell. Hello, Gina. Had a nice talk with Mama Gina earlier today. Okay. All right. Deep breath, people. All right. Okay. Now that that stopped, and I didn't abruptly end it like I usually do, <laughs> let me go ahead over here and and share this, <laughs> because I'm going to share. Sharing is caring. Okay, I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to share this uh, with my other audience over on Facebook. So just give me one minute here. Our internet has been dropping off and on today at our house, so we're praying that it doesn't do that now during our show. So you guys pray against against that happening. If it, if it deletes or crashes after the show, I don't care. I mean, I care, but, you know, it, it wouldn't be as traumatic as if it did it during the show. All right, so yesterday we ended the show by talking about Nehemiah, uh, which is a book in the Old Testament. And I just wanted to remind you of a couple of the verses that we read yesterday. I was going to use my actual Bible that's sitting next to me, but I think I will go ahead and uh, look it up here on the computer, and Randall can bring it up. In Nehemiah chapter 4, right? And I'm going to go ahead and bring it up right now. Nehemiah chapter 4. Yeah, I am. Okay. Okay. Reading in the New American Standard Version, which is my favorite version, Remember yesterday when we read about Sanballat and some of the other evildoers, Tobiah, 
these guys who came in, they decided that they were going to ridicule the work of Nehemiah and the other guys that were helping out, right? In fact, it says here, Sanballat heard that they were rebuilding the wall. He became furious and very angry, and he mocked the Jews. Well, this is a sign in the times, right? This is the sign, one of the biggest signs of our days, of our day, is the mocking and the scoffing, right? The mockers and scoffers, they will come. That is a definite sign of the end times. And they, they said stuff like, what are these people Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? See, that's a mockery right there. Because the Jews offered up sacrifices for the forgiveness of their sins. And, you know, of course, the haters of God, they don't care if their sins are forgiven, right? Can they finish in a day? Can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble, even the burned ones? Now Tobiah, the Ammonite, this is verse 3, was near him and he said, Even what they are building, if a fox should jump on it, he would break their stone wall down. So basically saying, hey, you know what? Even if a fox jumped on this, which, you know, isn't that heavy of an animal, you know, don't worry. It's not going to be that good anyway. So they're just mocking them. They're ridiculing them. And the response was here. Oh, our God, how we are despised. Return their reproach on their own heads and give them up for plunder in a land of captivity. Do not forgive their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out before you, for they have demoralized the builders. Right? So we built the wall and the whole wall was joined together to half its height for the people had a mind to work. Now, when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdites uh, heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on and that the breaches began to be closed, they were very angry. Well, why were they, why were they angry at this? You, why do you think they were angry? Because when the breaches begin to be closed, there is protection for the city, which means that there's protection for God's people, which the enemy does not like. All of them conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance in it. And you know what? In the end, the whole world is going to turn against Israel again. So this is like not the first time this has happened. But Nehemiah said, But we prayed to our God, and because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. Thus in Judah it was said, The strength of the burden bearers is failing, yet there is much rubbish, and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. Our enemies said, and see, we need to pay attention to what the enemy is saying, and this lead story today, don't, you know, don't mistake what I'm going to say. I don't mean this in a mean way, but anybody who is not a friend of God is an enemy of God, okay? And this church is a complete mockery against, that standing against the one true living God. Our enemies said they will not know or see until we come among them, them, kill them, and put a stop to the work. Let's not forget that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to do anything that he can to stop God's work, to mock God's work. Why do you think there are so many false teachers behind the pews and the pulpits or in the pews and behind the pulpit lectern today? Why do you think that the prosperity gospel, the blab it and grab it, all these people who are in the church today fleecing the flock of Christ, why do you think they're there? Because they want to put a stop to God's work. And the only way God's work can go forth is if God has his people revived and they're paying attention to what he's doing, right? So this in verse 11, in verse 12, it says, When the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times, they will come up against us from every place where you may turn. Then I stationed men in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, the exposed places. I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows. When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. All right. And that really is, I think, one of the biggest themes of the book of Nehemiah. And I just wanted to remind you guys, if you didn't see yesterday's show, this is the call I believe God has, at least for my audience at this point, 
to, for me to remind you, everything that you do in your Christian walk is a reminder to fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your home. Okay? Why? Because the Lord is great and awesome. And he really is great and awesome. He can do whatever the heck he wants. But his people are being attacked left and right, being demoralized left and right. You know what I mean? So that verse here is Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14, if you want to write that down. Nehemiah 4, 14. And remember this, right? Who are your brothers? Who are your sons? Who are your daughters, right? Your wives, your house. Note that it doesn't say husbands in here anywhere. Why do you think that is? Note that it doesn't say mothers specifically. I believe it's because God has called himself to be the husband to the church, right? And so the people in the church, we are his brothers, his sons, his daughters, you know, the women are the weaker vessel. We need to be protected. Children need to be protected. And this is what Nehemiah was up to, okay? Nehemiah wanted to remind his people, the ones who are standing in the gap, that they had that power. And it goes on, I'm not going to read the rest of chapter 4, but it basically goes on, it reminds them, hey, when they're working, they have their weapons in one hand, they have their tool of work in the other hand, right? Like, who does that? They did. They did that. And that is, that is precedent for you to be able to defend yourself. There's no reason why God's people cannot defend themselves. This baloney that you can't defend yourself, you have to lay over, you know, turn the other cheek and have them beat the crap out of you is just that, right? It's not biblical. It's misapplied application and understanding to the scripture. So be confident in that and claim what God's word says for you. So with that said, let me tell you about this lead story. Um, that I have here because, um, when I saw this, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I, I really, I literally thought that. And this story, actually, I'm going to read you two headlines, but then I'm going to read the Forbes one, Randall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first headline that, that tipped me off to this came off from LGBTQNation.com, which is a very popular, uh, homosexual news, news outlet. Um, and they titled their article, IRS recognizes a lesbian witch's, quote, church, unquote. But is it a sneaky attack on trans rights? Well, that got my attention. And I thought, ooh, this is interesting. So th- this, is, this is really super interesting. This is an uh, interesting uh, uh, thing here. Uh, but then I started reading the article, and I'll just read the first two paragraphs of this, and then we'll jump over to the Forbes article. Okay, so this one on LGBTQ Nation says, Transgender exclusionary radical feminists, also called TERFs, have formed a, quote, church, unquote, and the federal government has recognized it as a tax-exempt religious entity. The group's main doctrine is a thinly-veiled attack on transgender people. Forbes reports that the Trump administration uh, gave the thumbs up to the, and this is the only time I'm going to say the name of this, so, you know, just saying. This is the name of the church. Uh, The Forbes reports that the Trump administration gave the thumbs up to the pussy church of modern witchcraft. That's That's the only time I'm saying it, people, just so you know. With Attorney General Jeff Sessions' militant advocacy for, quote, religious freedom, unquote, laws, and regulations to protect religious hate groups, is it any wonder the administration rubber-stamped the vagina-approved group? Mockers and scoffers, people. So when I read that Forbes actually reported on this, I clicked over to the link here, and I thought, okay, if Forbes, if Forbes actually discuss this. Let's look at what Forbes had to say and and not get the extreme liberal um, uh, (laughs) you know LGBT slant on this. So listen to how Peter Riley uh, who is the contributor 
actually discussed this on Forbes. Forbes, okay? Forbes. So this is not, you know, LGBTQ nation, okay? So this is a, so it's titled, Lesbians Want a Church of Their Own, and the IRS Approves. And it says here, uh, you need to be aware of a conflict that is going on between some radical feminist and the transgender community. See, there's there's infighting between the LGBT community. All women are gr- and girls are welcome to join this this church as congregants. But we're going to look at that in a minute because their website's very interesting. So I'm just going to say the the P Church of Modern Witchcraft might strike you as something you would find in the Onion which is a mockery blog. It's, a, it's a, supposed to be a funny blog. Uh, it's ra- a parody. A parody, yeah. that's right. Uh, satire, actually. Satire, yeah. Satire. So P. Church of Modern Witchcraft might stri- strike you as something you would find in The Onion rather than here on, on a Forbes tax blog, but it's a real deal. You can find it on Charity Navigator and GuideStar. Okay, both those are organizations that actually track 501c3s and what they make, you know, all that stuff. Uh, the IRS recognized it as a 501c3 organization and went the extra step of recognizing the PCMW as a church, the most enviable of all tax statuses, exempt not only from income tax, but also from the transparency that filing Form 990 creates. A church does not have to apply for exempt status, but it, it's a prudent step particularly for an innovative organization like PCMW. My source indicated that the approval process was reasonably quick and there was no pushback from the IRS. So the question would be, if I, Stacey Lynn Harp from Bible News Radio, actually decided I was going to form a nonprofit 501c3, would I get any pushback? You might, I might. I've been told numerous times this is part of the reason I have decided to not go nonprofit uh, is because it's getting diff- it's getting more difficult to become nonprofit. But there's controversy. Listen to this. To understand what's going on with the PCMW, you need to be aware of the conflict that's going on between some radical feminists and the transgender community. It is long running. A recent manifestation occurred during the London Pride Parade. Here's a quote. Anti-trans protesters, mostly made up of trans-exclusionary radical feminists, also known as TERFs, it's a TERF war, sorry, couldn't resist, invaded this week weekend weekend's London Pride celebrations, disrupting and eventually being allowed to lead the parade by officials. The article by Rose uh, Damu takes the transgender side of the controversy in her report on the incident. That is what seems to be close to the consensus in progressive circles, framing the issue as one of discrimination against an oppressed minority, which is one of the tactics here in the good old handbook after the ball, which I've mentioned numerous times on the show. Ground zero of the controversy was probably the Michigan Women's Festival, and it's interesting because it's actually uh, spelled woman, W-O-M-Y-N, So Michigan Women's Festival. Michelle Goldberg's article in the New Yorker, What is a Woman, might be a good place to start if this 40 years war is news to you, which it probably is. If you want to dig into the the rad femme side, there's a collection of essays, female erasure, what you need to know about gender politics, war on women, the female sex, and human rights. This is a tax blog. Remember, we're reading from Forbes, people. So that's enough on the underlying controversy. By the way, some people consider turf to be a slur. I don't know if, if there is a satisfa- satisfactory substitute. I did see gender critical suggested. It took me a long time to come up with not conventionally tax compliant as a neutral way of describing tax protesters, but that term has not taken off, so I hesitate to even make an attempt with turf. I will try GCRF for start, but it probably won't come up that often. So the question is, who can join the PCMW, you know, the, the lesbian-only church? Here's what the website says, and it actually does say it. You can actually go over to the website, which is pussychurchofmodernwitchcraft.com. You said it. I, I know, I said it again, but, you know, that's the only time I'm going to say it. You can go there, you can check it out. 
Uh, it says here, uh, all women and girls are welcome to join P Church as congregants. We also need women who can serve P Church in growing and strengthening our congregation. If you are able to offer your time, skills, money, or other resources in support of P Church, please contact us. A woman is an adult female human. A girl is a minor female human. The P Church serves women and girls only. Males are not permitted to participate regardless of how they identify. We expressly reject the concepts of gender identity, transgenderism, and gender as being meaningful to defying, defining what a woman or a girl is. Now, I think this is funny myself. I mean, I really do. I think it's hilarious in so many ways because it's funny to me that, you know, just like within the white community, there's, there's often you know, wars between white people. And in the black community, there's, you know, dark skin versus light skin, who's blacker than blacker and all this. I remember when I was, I was in my uh, cultural diversity class in graduate school. And um, I remember sitting there with my culturally different, ethnically different classmates uh, talking about the racism in the black community. And this was with a black, a black friend of mine. I mean, is it African-American or black? I don't know. I mean, is there a big debate between white and Caucasian? You know, we all bleed the same like Mandisa sings, right? But anyway, so I learned about the infighting within the races, right? You know, often in the white community, you'll hear white trash, you know, oh, those white trash people, you know, blah, all that, the class, the class distinctions, all that stuff. So here it's funny. This is actually on the website. And this is so discriminatory. This is why it's funny to me. Because it's so discriminatory. It goes against everything the LGBT community always yaps about regarding inclusion. Right? So I'm going to read this again in case you just came in. A woman is an adult female human. I wonder why they got to use the word human in there. That's weird. A girl is a minor female human. The P Church serves women and girls only. Males are not permitted to participate regardless of how they identify. We expressly reject the concepts of gender identity, transgenderism, and gender as being meaningful to defining what a woman or a girl is. Sorry, guys. This is a girls-only club. You can't come in no matter what. Even if you're a man pretending to be a woman... If you don't have that V, just so you know, you're out. <laughs> Listen to this. The Articles of Incorporation elaborate a little further with more exclusive requirements for the trustees. Now, who can lead the PCMW? A trustee position shall be open to all those who possess the following qualifications. One, being female at birth. Well, how do they know? Because according to the LGBT lobby, you... Your brain, whatever your brain, you, you think you are in your brain is what you are at birth, not your biological, actual, physical, you know, appearance, right? I mean, it used to be in the normal world that when, you know, you were born as a baby, which we all do, just so you know, <laughs> they looked at the body part and they're like, oh my gosh, it's a boy. <laughs> and the liquid comes squirting out and, and gets you in the face, right? Or they're like, oh my gosh, you got a girl. And they handed you a pink, you know, cigar. <laughs> it's pink, pink, pink or blue. So this actually goes against the whole constructs of the gay lobby, what they teach you in this book, After the Ball. Being female at birth, the nerve of these people. All right, so here's the other thing. Number two, they have to be, uh, they have to give a testimony to an experience of the new birth in lesbian feminism. Don't you like the lingo there? In other words, they have to be born again as a lesbian and a feminist. Ah, if that isn't mockery of the Christian faith, I don't know what is, right? Number three, I love this one. There has to be evidence of a consistent lesbian life. Evidence of it. Just like in the Christian church, 
if you're going to be a trustee or a leader in the church, there should be some type of evidence and proof that you're le- that you are consistently a believer, acting like a believer, living like a believer. You see the mockery here, you guys. Number four, an indication of a willingness willingness to contribute regularly to the financial support of the church, of which she must be a member. Every member has a V, and it comes from the beginning of time when you were birthed. Number five, acceptance of the tenets of faith is set forth in the Lesbian Heresy by Sheila Jeffries, uh, GYN Ecology, the Meta-Ethics of Radical Feminism by Mary Daly, Sister Outsider by Andre Lord, and other texts as designated from time to time by the trustees. And they have to be at least 18 years old. And they have to regularly attend services of and supported the church for a period of at least three consecutive months. Oh, so they, they have to know them for three months before they can get on board. <laughs> and they have, to, they have to agree to be governed by the church. And as it may be amended from time to time. <laughs> However... The requirements to vote for the trustees are less rigorous. So if you want to be a trustee, you have to fulfill all the previous requirements. If you want to vote for a trustee, all you have to do is you have to be female at birth. You have to have a testimony to an experience of the new birth in lesbian feminism. You have to have evidence of a consistent lesbian life and an indication of willingness to contribute to the financial support of the church. You have to accept all the tenets of those books I mentioned before. They have to be 18, and they have to agree to be governed by the church. I don't know what, there's. doesn't seem like there's any difference in any of these. That's weird. Looks like they're all the same. Oh, no. There's no, in order to vote, you don't have to have the three-month commitment. So that's the difference right there. So it says here, so PCMW is open to all women and girls as defined by PCMW, but lesbian-led. This sort of thing happens with religious groups. Much of the leadership of the Catholic Church is exclusively male and pledged to celibacy. <coughs> yeah, <coughs> I don't agree with that part, actually. I think that's like a misnomer, a fairy tale. In Protestant churches, you will find discussions about whether elders must be married men. So the PCMW is open to all women and girls as defined by the PCMW, but governance is entirely in the hands of lesbians. It evokes the structure of 17th century Calvinism in New England, where you, you have had to prove you were saved to qualify for full church membership. Depending on what state or country you're in, you could not have that sort of rules in an accounting firm, for example. There are laws about discrimination based on sex, sexual orientation, and gender identity. Even holding an exclusive meeting in a public venue can be an issue in some jurisdictions. There was a fight about that when RADFEM 2013 was held in London. So a cynical person, I'm not going to read that word, might think that this enterprise is a clever way to end run around existing and proposed anti-discrimination laws because religious liberty trumps those sort of things which the Supreme Court recently confirmed in Masterpiece Cake Shop v. Colorado Civil Rights Commission. But the article here of Forbes magazine, or this article on Forbes, goes on to say this, this is good legal work. The, the lesbians that put this together, the lawyers that they hired, did good legal work. And that's what he says. He says, I think the legal work that went into forming PCMW was quite good. The fact that it sailed through the approval process is not necessarily evidence of that since the IRS is under a lot of pressure and committed to speedily dealing with exempt applications. This is fallout from the seemingly uh, interminable scandal. Nonetheless, as a layman, I see the handiwork of a good lawyer in the articles of PCMW whether an organization is a church or not, as far as the IRS is concerned, is a facts and circumstances determination that has nothing to do with its underlying belief system. As Adam Chodoro noted in an amicus brief on the constitutional challenge to the parsonage exclusion, he wrote, Most religions have at their core non-verifiable beliefs that can be difficult for non-believers to accept. 
requiring the IRS and then courts to determine which beliefs or purported beliefs should count as religion for tax purposes is clearly entangling. Yeah. So if the concept of Mary Daly, who taught feminist ethics and a whole bunch of other stuff, being equivalent to Matthew or Mark strikes you as absurd, try explaining original sin and redemption to someone whose education has been entirely secular. I did that once with my coviant, and now I want her to shake her head. I just say original sin. Now if I want her to shake her head, rather. Here's what the IRS says about whether an organization is a church. Certain characteristics are generally attributed to churches. These attributes of a church have been developed by the IRS and by court decisions, and they include distinct legal existence, recognized creed and form of worship, which I haven't actually gotten into, definite and distinct ecclesiastical government, formal code of doctrine and discipline, distinct religious history, membership not associated with any other church or denomination, organization of ordained ministers, ordained ministers selected after completing prescribed courses of study, literature of its own, established places of worship, regular congregants, or congregations rather, regular religious services, Sunday schools for the religious instruction of the young, and schools for the preparation of its members. The IRS generally uses a combination of these characteristics together with other facts and circumstances to determine whether an organization is considered a church for federal tax purposes. So it says here that, um, goes on to say, a take on, a trans take on this church the author says, I reached out to Antonia Ellie Dorsey of the Trans 100. His initial response was, wow, a church in which the gospel is aversion, anxiety, and animus towards trans people will likely appeal to few folks. And I have no doubt they will recruit a good 100 or so members. Radicalization, no matter who does it, though, is never a positive thing. I asked her, a.k.a. a guy pretending to be a girl, on whether the IRS should have granted church recognition to PCMW, and he said no, which has nothing to do with being a trans. Instead, it has to do with the idea that this church is relying on a religious belief founded in secular materials, which are often explicitly hostile to religion as a whole. It would be like the IRS recognizing a group which promotes slavery text as a basis. There's no genuine religious belief there. Anyway, there's a little bit more to this, but what I will say is it's very interesting to me that here's a trans guy who won't actually agree with the lesbians that are running this witchcraft church. Um, and I find it interesting because they're promoting witchcraft. And it is. It's, that's exactly what it is. It's actually a mockery of God. It's witchcraft. Um, and... Um, it's actually very sad when you think about it, you know, everybody's like, oh my gosh, the word, it's that type of thing. You know, Randall, what, what do you think? I mean, you know, the article is a lot longer. I will um, put it, I don't know if I want to put it on my Facebook page or not, but, but uh, what do you think about this particular church? Well, it's interesting they call themselves, you know, the PCMW, Modern Witchcraft. Right. Yet their texts aren't specifically rooted in witchcraft, you know, historically, but these feminist books. Um, and and I agree with the, the trans person <laughs> that was cited that as far as being a church, you know, a religious text, etc., I mean, their texts are secular books. Uh, secular feminist books and so how they meet the standard of having religious texts and this religious history i don't know and and you know <laughs> i don't know um it just seems like um it just seems to me like a move to like thumb their nose at a whole bunch of people simultaneously uh, thumb their nose at, you know, religion. Well, as a man, uh, 
as a man, how does it make you feel as a man that you couldn't go to this church if you wanted? I wouldn't want to. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm not interested in going to a church that has anything to do with radical feminism and or witchcraft or lesbianism. Not my bag. Um, and they're free to associate as they will. You know, we have a freedom of association. The The Bill of Rights doesn't specifically mention freedom of association. But when you get into, you know, freedom of speech and religion... Uh, of the press, etc. You know, there's an implied association in there. But, but as to call it a religious institution, based on the number of things that the IRS and and legal precedents set out, as this author listed, I don't see that. It just seems like, it, like I say, it's just one giant rebellion against religion against the LGBTQI whatever alphabet soup you know sexual anarchy it's uh it's a it's a rebellion against the, the tax code and just in so many ways it's just like but but it embraces femininity femaleness at birth which i find interesting as as exclusive like we'll forget men well there wouldn't be any women without men there wouldn't be any men without women you know if they want to you know it's open to women and girls but if men are excluded this is this is the last generation of that church right there, there will be no other future congregates. Um, so, well, this actually in, in, until the cloning thing is is down. But even even cloning begins with a fertilized egg. So, uh, good point. Well, this actually ties into another story that um, one of our listeners gave me. Uh, this is over on Stream dot org, and this is an article titled "Planet Fitness Loses Women's Locker Room Lawsuit." I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but we'll refresh your memory if you did not hear about this story before. It says here, in 2015, Yvette Cormier filed a lawsuit against Planet Fish Fitness in Midland County, Michigan. After seeing a biological man who claimed to be transgender in the women's locker room, Cormier warned other gym members. Well, duh. I mean, a normal person would do that. Planet Fitness canceled her membership, explaining that the club allows members to enter whichever locker room matches their, quote, identity, unquote. Judge Michael J. Beal of the Midland County Circuit Court dismissed Cormier's appeal in 2016. She then took her case to the Michigan Court of Appeals. Her lawsuit was again dismissed. She then took the case to the Michigan Supreme Court. And last week, the highest legal body in Michigan reversed Beal's ruling and ruled in favor of Cormier, which is nice. She won, in other words. The court concluded the gym failed to inform the plaintiff of its policy allowing biological males into the women's locker room and restroom. Had the plaintiff known beforehand, she would not have joined the gym. She learned of this policy after the fact, however, and thus suffered a financial loss since she canceled her membership earlier than the agreed-upon date. Another case, Liberty Council, a nonprofit litigation and policy organization, is defining Mrs. H, who has a similar case. Planet Fitness revoked her membership after she complained about Jordan Rich, a biological man who entered the women's locker room in May 2018. Rich proceeded to threaten her and later even chased her into the parking lot. Liberty Council maintains that this is sex-based harassment and is demanding that Planet Fitness reinstate Mrs. H's membership. And just so you know, it's not me. I am not Mrs. H in this regard. <laughs> I am Mrs. Harp. I know it sounds strange to say that, huh? But you know what? In eight days, I will celebrate 26 years of being called Mrs. Harp. Yeah, I will. Mrs. It's good that you're going to celebrate it. Mrs. Randall Pandle Bareface Harp. That's my, that's my name. No so, regrets. You know what? No regrets. Not Good. not one. Are you kidding me? You are my bestie. You are my lover of my heart. You are the pity pat of my soul. You are by far my favorite. You are the too. Wing, winged. You are the wings beneath my wings. You know. Wind beneath. I guess. I don't know. You are my co-host in life. 
<laughs> All right, one other article, and then I'm going to talk to you about this latest scam over uh, on a, a news website. So this is another thing you can watch for when your identity is, is potentially being ripped off. Okay, this is over from Liberty Council's website. This is t- titled LGBT Bar Association Bigotry. <sighs> All right, listen to this. Okay. The National LGBT Bar Association, in case you did not know this, there is a lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender bar association. And this is not the bar association that you go and you are, uh, you know, a lawyer. Pub hopping? Yeah, popping. That's what I meant. Yeah, thank you, Chrissy, and everybody in there. Yes, next Wednesday is our anniversary. All gifts can be sent to Bible News Radio. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, let me listen. Okay, here's the article here. So the National LGBT Bar Association, a national association of lawyers, and affiliate, 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 depending on where you're out in the world. I've heard of, it both ways. Of the American Bar Association recently announced a campaign that encourages attorneys across the nation to pledge not to provide pro bono services to Liberty Council and Alliance Defending Freedom. Bigots. That's what they are. Haters and bigots. The Commit to Inclusion campaign pledged states, quote, We, the undersigned members of the legal community, wish to publicly object to the anti-LGBT legal groups which operate within the United States legal system, including groups operating as ADF and Liberty Council. We commit to inclusion by ensuring that our personal pro bono and volunteer capacity and personal financial resources will not be used to support the work of ADF and Liberty Council. Now... Unless I'm an idiot, they're committing to inclusion by excluding somebody. How how does that make even sense to them? Does does that even make sense? They're, yeah, it's like we're we're all about inclusion. We're all about but, inclusion, but, but you're about exclusion, so we're going to exclude you in our inclusiveness. <laughs> we're going to exclude your exclusiveness in our inclusion. It's just another type of exclusion. <laughs> so to, uh, well, as a, just, as to criticize the other for being <laughs> exclusive, it is. Well, as as the word salad graphic bullying, gender rejection, prejudice, bigotry, harassment, discrimination, exclusion. Okay, it goes on to say the National LGBT Bar Association has an annual conference to bring together legal professionals in the LGBT community. BMW and Walmart are two of the top sponsors of this conference. Two of the reasons why you shouldn't go there. (sighs) It is shameful that an association of lawyers wants to shut the courthouse doors to millions of Americans who believe in natural marriage and who oppose the anti-religious freedom agenda of some LGBT activists, said Matt Staver, founder of the and chairman of Liberty Council. The courthouse should be open to all, no matter your beliefs. Right? The LGBT Bar Association is upset because Liberty Council and ADF are winning many important cases all the way up to the Supreme Court. They might as well extend their so-called boycott to the justices on the high court. Their boycott is that ridiculous. So, um, yeah. So, again, I mean, it just goes to the, quote, bullying tactics. <laughs> That's exa- Where are the Christian organizations targeting the non-Christian ones who are winning cases that they don't agree with? Where are they? Just curious. Yeah, Matt Saber makes a good point. I mean, uh, it's one thing to say, well, you know, we don't appreciate, we don't appreciate, you know, what they're doing. So let's make sure none of our members do any sort of work for them. But yeah, but what about the justices who have decided in favor of plaintiffs and/or defendants? You know in, you know, that the ADF or, or Liberty Council have defended. It's like, well, do they have no right to, to sit as a judge? Because they disagree with, you know, with their interpretation of the law or advocacy, whatever. All right, I have a question. It's, it's, the, it's this myth of moral neutrality. I was thinking about doing some teaching out of this book. 
It's called After the Ball, How America Will Conquer Its Fear of Hatred of Gays in the 90s. I was wondering how many of you would like me to start doing like some teaching in a series to elaborate on the tactics of the LGBT lobby. That way you know what we're up against. In fact, I think it might be actually fun for me to do a story and then you get to tell me what tactic did they use. Because first of all, the LGBT community likes to deny that this book even exists. They, they hate this book because it literally is the literal actual playbook on what they've done to indoctrinate the media, you know, and the world into their particular worldview. We, on the other hand, have the Holy Bible, which gives us our particular worldview. And it's holy, just so you know. All right, so put a one if that's something that you think would be of, of interest to you, because it's actually a very interesting book, just so you know. It's actually LGBTQQ. It's actually way more than that, actually. <laughs> but for short, we'll just for now call it LGBTQ, Q, R, P. You know, pedophilia is in there, too. You can't forget that. And then there's going to be a B in there. That would be there. M, though. There would be a B for bestiality and some other stuff, too. So, anyway, I'm going to recommend... A couple of books to you from our actual sponsors. Okay, so this is Ariel Ministry is our sponsor. And this book here, Come and See, is a really good book. It's Messiah, Yeshua, Yeshua Divine Redeemer, Christology from a Messianic Jewish perspective. You guys actually need this book in your library. Not only just because it looks great, it's a really great cover. But because the content inside is going to deepen your walk with the Lord. And that's what you want, right? You definitely want a, a deeper walk with the Lord. Uh, so you can be bold in this culture and not be ashamed of the gospel. Okay, so you guys are saying you want that. Okay, good. Well, we'll start doing that then. But another book I want to tell you about is this book called The Remnant of Israel, The History, Theology, and Philosophy of the Messianic Jewish Community. If you want to know about the history of Israel and why Israel is so important, this is a great little handbook to get as well. You can go to ariel.org. You can get either one of these books. Save 20% when you use the coupon code Bible News. Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum is the author of both of these books, and he is a world-renowned scholar that's usually booked out three, four years in advance for his Bible teachings that he goes and he actually teaches all over the place. If you go over to our website, biblenewsradio.com, uh, on the resources page, you can also see some other products that we recommend. There's also a free Bible study for this month uh, talking about, what is it, the Gentiles? Why is God saving Gentiles today? Why, why is God saving Gentiles today? Which is free. You guys can download it. I know a couple of you have. I hope you're enjoying the Bible studies there. And don't forget also to follow us on Bullhorn. We are posting the, the show over there uh, after the show. After this show, we're actually taking the audio. We're putting it over on Bullhorn. We're also doing a couple of other things over there. They, and actually, if you are already on Bullhorn, they have already uh, they have updated the app again. So make sure you get the latest updated version for the app. And share this out. Share out the app on your social media, wherever you're at. Just say, hey, go follow Stacy and Randall Pandle Bareface at Bible News Radio on Bullhorn, where their motto is stand out and be heard. Uh, and you know what, begin to, um, you know, begin to, you know, create a community of your own as well as supporting the one that we have there. That's what it's for. It's for activists, podcasters, radio hosts, prayer, prayer leaders, uh, you know, the head of the, the company that founded that app is a believer. That's part of the reason why they're supporting our show and sponsoring it. And when you go to ariel.org and you buy something, you show that sponsor that you like the fact that they sponsor us. So I'll also, um, if you want to be a pillar of the community, you can sign up to be a pillar of our community over at our website. A pillar of the community is just somebody who donates to our show regularly. Uh, the best part for us is if when you sign up to be a pillar then we know we can calculate and depend on the income that you're going to donate every month if it automatically comes out using our PayPal or credit card, whatever it is that you decide to use. Um, and we will go ahead and add a special 
We'll send you a special audio piece that I put together just for the pillars, giving you some behind-the-scenes info um, that I don't share anywhere else on the uh, on here on the show. Which is also another thing I wanted to bring up. Um, in October, we've been invited to go to the Prophecy Watchers Conference, which is headed up by Gary Sturman and Bob Ulrich over there at prophecywatchers.com. Great. This is their second annual conference. We've been invited to go and cover it. Uh, they will be on our show in the future talking about it. They will be also live streaming it. But hey, if you guys want to meet me and Randall in person, this would be a great place to do it because we're going to be there for three or four days, whatever it happens to be. We'll get to hug you and, you know, and talk to you and hang out. Um, and I will be there working. Of course, Randall will too, because he's going to be the one with the camera videotaping everything. And what we're hoping to do is, is get as many interviews with the speakers of that conference as we did at NRB. We, last time we got, we, we bagged over 30 interviews in, in like two days. It's a lot of work. But I love the work. I'm called to the work. I love it because I like to meet cool, super awesome people who love the Lord. And we want you guys to help send us there so that we don't have to worry about the debt that it would cost us if you didn't help us. So we need about $1,500 between now and let's say the end of October. The conference is in early October, right after my birthday. The big five zero people. I'm going to be 50. Can't wait. I'm, I've been so excited about turning 50. I don't know why. It just seems like, oh, I can't, I can't believe I'm going to be 50. I don't know. Put a one if you're 50 are over and you, you're like super happy about that. Anyway, so if you guys want to donate towards that, uh, I would appreciate it. We did get a $50 donation from one of you already. So we already got a little bit of money coming in. So if you guys want to help donate towards that, please do that at our website. That would rock uh, and all that. Okay. So now let me tell you also um, about uh, this article over on WHN TV 19. It's titled Sex Torsion. Okay, Sex, S-E-X, Torsion. Uh, fish, phishing scam uses hacked passwords to defraud victims. So you guys know that I am an independent sales rep with Legal Shield. This is my side gig. I absolutely love it, by the way. It's so hard for me to stop talking about it. And I'm sorry if I'm driving y'all nuts, but I I want y'all covered with Legal Shield and identity theft protection. For only $9.95 a month, you guys can get covered with your ID theft, identity theft. You should sign up with me right after the show. All right. In fact, in order to meet my goal this month, in order to advance to the next level in Legal Shield, I only need four of you to sign up this month for ID Shield. Would you do that and support our show? That would rock. And it would protect you and all of your uh, credit and all that other stuff. I can give you more details if you want. Um, but listen to this. And this is why you're going to want to get protected. Listen to this. It says here the BBB scam tracker has been receiving increased reports of, of sextortion phishing scams, but with a new twist. Uh, now scammers are threatening to access the victims' accounts using old hacked passwords to share videos of them watching or downloading inappropriate videos. The scammer is using the threat of, quote, revenge porn to scare the victim into providing either payment in the form of Bitcoin, interesting, access to personal info that can result in identity theft, or access to their computer to download malware to steal passwords and all other personal financial information stored on the computer. The phishing scam can happen to anyone whose accounts have ever been hacked. All right, now here's the thing. First of all, there's been data breaches all over the place. Equifax and others have had their data breached, which means what? It means that the personal data that you have on file with them have been stolen by these evildoer people. So most of us have actually been breached. And in fact, almost everybody that I've signed up for ID Shield, when they go into their email, there's been something in there they didn't know about. Put a one if you're already signed up and you saw something in your ID Shield thing that you didn't know was there. Or you're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that that was there. I had my email like five or six different times. In fact, just two days ago, I got an email alert on my ID Shield app telling me to look at it. 
and on there it showed that my email, my Gmail actually, uh, there's two or three different things on there, different alerts. I did not recognize them, so I called, I called up on my ID Shield app. I called the investigator, because that's what you do when you don't know what the thing is they're talking about. I called them up, and they looked at what the situation was, and I said, well, what's, what is this? Because I don't, I don't know about this. It looks like somebody tried to change my password to my Gmail account. And the investigator said, what we discovered was that your info was on the black market. Well, that's one of the things that ID Shield covers that all these other services that you hear about don't. They actually scan the deep dark webs and they figure out where your info is put. And they, they tell you, you might want to go in there and change that. Okay, so, so anyway, most of us have been hacked. In fact, a lot of my friends on Facebook have been hacked lately. Okay, so anyway, the scammer will propose two options to pay the specified amount in Bitcoin to make the videos disappear or ignore the email, which will result in the release of the inappropriate videos. And it says here, although the threat of exposure is frightening, there have been no reports of videos being sent due to lack of payment. The email is a scare tactic with the scammer not following through because no such videos exist. All right. And then it gives some tips here, and this is just good stuff. Number one, don't send money when you're being scammed. Don't do it. <laughs> Especially if they want it in Bitcoin. In fact, I'm not sure how many of you are actually Bitcoin users yet, but uh, I hear there's a really good podcast headed up by Joel Com all about Bitcoin if you're interested in that. Uh, conduct a security check on your computer. Make sure that your security software, by the way, when you become a member of ID Shield, you will get access to a whole bunch of places that offer perks. And one of those perks is, I think, last time I checked, it was 65% off Norton security software that you can run on your computer. So you can, you can actually save on that if you become a member too. Change your passwords. In fact, I recommend changing your passwords frequently. Uh, don't respond to scammers. Don't open up attachments, especially if you don't know who they're coming from. Uh, and turn off all your electronic devices, web cameras. I can't remember. Did I share yesterday about the Bluetooth in the rental car? Or did I just share that on my other page? Oh, I know that you, I remember you telling me about it, but I can't remember if that was. Yeah, I can't remember. But yesterday, one of the stories that I read um, talked about how Bluetooth, you know how when you rent a car, and you put your phone, you, you, you use it as your GPS, and you do all this other stuff. Well, uh, there's been some reports that, that people have had their identity and their info stolen as a result of that stuff because the rental car places, in this particular case, it was Hertz Rent-A-Car, uh, doesn't wipe off the info. They might clean out the car, but they don't delete the info that's actually translated from your phone into their GPS system through Bluetooth. And as a result, a woman's identity was completely stolen. <clears throat> she had her email, ad I mean, she had her address changed uh, because she wasn't used in form delivery. She didn't know it, but she figured it out because she bought something from Amazon, never got it. But she did get a receipt saying where it was delivered, which was a completely different state. Um, I read today another article about a woman who was a manager at Burger King who ripped off like $180,000 from people. Uh, who worked at Burger King, too. So, I mean, it is everywhere. And I'm not trying to make you paranoid. I'm actually trying to help protect you by giving you a tool that will help you personally monitor your identity and all the stuff right on the palm of your hand. Uh, so, I really do want to encourage you to get Legal Shield and ID Shield and contact me directly so I can talk to you more about it and tell you exactly what's in it so that you, you can worry less and live more. True story. You really can. All right. Um, is that it? Do I have anything else? You guys have any questions? Do I have any questions that came in here? There's some people who are talking Spanish. And there's some sex bots. What kind of church? Brian, are you still in here? I don't know if Brian's still in here. If you are, you have to go back and watch the show. Uh, super happy. Okay. Let's see. Remember what, that Jesus is a Jew. Yes, he is. I'm also part Jewish. I ask you for an apology for this insult, which I have directed to every Jew. Remember that Jesus is a Jew. 
I don't know why that would be an insult, because Jesus was Jewish. You are staring David on a gay book. I think this is an insult, not acceptable. I'm not sure what you're talking about there. Okay, what is the relationship between Israel and the homosexuals? Actually, Israel has a very lax relationship with the LGBT community. They actually have a homosexual pride parade right there in Jerusalem, which I don't think makes God real happy, actually. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, I'm not really sure what, uh, what else the question really is about there. Uh, let's see if there's anything else here. Oh, I guess that's it. Okay. All right. You have any other added commentary you'd like to add? No, ma'am. Nope. Let's wrap this up. All right. So thank you guys for coming in. Uh, please join my email list at BibleNewsRadio.com. Don't forget tomorrow. Tune in at the same time. And we will be back here, um, you know, with another edition of the show, hoping to encourage you to stand up in your faith, to be bold, and to go with God. Right? Be bold, stand up, and go with God. Ultimately, because he loves you, and if you love him, it should be no problem at all, just so you know. All right, so we'll see you tomorrow, and uh, thanks for uh, all your support. I really appreciate it.